Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Comeback Sports Podcast. I'm your host, AJ, and this is Season 3, Episode 1. We got a jam-packed filled episode as usual. We'll be talking about Matt Stafford going to the Rams, the NBA Finals, Shikari Richardson, student-athletes getting paid, and a little bit of Aaron Rodgers playing golf. So stick around. Now for your quote of the week. Sometimes the best thing you can do is not a damn thing. What does that quote mean to me? Well, this quote came from a song that I was listening to, and you know, I figured I'd try to um, incorporate it into the show because I really like the song. But to me, it means sometimes things just happen. Um, great things can happen unexpectedly, and it's best not to just overstress on things and just kind of let it happen naturally. I mean, I recall times where I just mind my own business, and then an opportunity arise. So, just. Enjoy life and just live in the moment and don't stress yourself too much. Wow, so I'm glad to be back. Uh, it's been a good trip. Um, I was recently in Michigan with some friends, went fishing. Uh, here's a picture of my fish I caught. Then I was in Arizona for work to visit the office and got to see some old coworkers, see some new coworkers, and I even had time to go uh, climbing. So that was a great time. <laughs> just a few things that... Uh, want to uh, lay down for some news. Uh, the, the Teletubbies, uh, the children's TV show characters, are now fully vaccinated, so that's good to hear. Jeff Bezos steps down as CEO of Amazon, and apparently there's a rumor going around that Jimmy Butler was sleeping with Rachel Nichols during the NBA bubble. Ooh, so some juicy stuff. Um, I want to start with this uh, topic that uh, that came up on my Twitter feed. Shannon Sharp, uh, a host on Undisputed with on FS1, said that he would trade Kyle Kuzma, Lake, Lakers NBA player, for Keisha Cole's number. So let's kind of analyze this situation and see if this is actually a good trade. So Kyle Kuzma, as I mentioned, is a basketball player on the LA Lakers. When he was in college, he was first team Pac-12, and his first year in the NBA, he was on the all-rookie first team and he won a finals with the Lakers. However, since joining the league, he's, he only averages 15 points a game and nine in the playoffs. He can sometimes look lost on the court and has been labeled as a knucklehead. Keisha Cole, on the other hand, she has four Grammy nominations, has a Billboard Music Award for top-selling reggae album, and not only is she a singer, but she's an actress and a TV producer. Kyle Kuzma's contract is currently worth $8 million right now, and Keisha's net worth is $8 million too. But Keisha is a beautiful, smart woman, and not to mention, Kuzma is due for a contract extension. After closely analyzing this trade, it's pretty clear to me that Keisha's number is definitely not worth the trade for Kyle Kuzma. Sorry, Kuz. <laughs> um, if those of you saw that clip with Shannon Sharp, of course he was joking, but like I said, I stand by it. I don't think he's worth the trade for her number. Let's jump into Matt Stafford joining the Rams. So there was a, an, a podcast where head coach of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, was on it with uh, head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay. Shanahan admits being jealous of the Rams' acquisition for QB Matt Stafford Getting Stafford was considered uh, an option for the 49ers, and he was uh, frustrated about it. Here's the quote. That was frustrating. I was in Cabo. I was studying it all. I remember looking through it because everybody was telling me it was a possibility. 
Stafford's the man. I studied him hard coming out of college, and you always play against him, so you know how good he is. But to know he might be available and to spend two weeks really watching him, Sean, yeah, he's better than I realize. He was the man. He's actually underrated to me. I know how good of a guy you got. I know how good he is at play action. I know how smart he is. Not only does he just have a big arm, but he's got touch. He knows where to go with the ball. So I was trying to get involved in it. It's pretty clear to me these uh, two great minds in NFL coaching, who I believe could be the future of coaching, can both agree that Matt Stafford is the guy and is hugely underrated. In a separate interview, I recall Sean McVay, his current coach, saying, Stafford's a bad motherfucker. I honestly couldn't agree more. I'm happy for him. He's finally getting the recognition he deserves and is no longer being held back by the Detroit Lions, his former team. He has done so much for them, such as winning a game with a separated shoulder after getting hit by a Browns player. I was watching him... I was uh, watching that clip and just the agony he had after getting hit. And then moments later, he said, put me back in. And he proceeded to win the game. So that was just really cool to see. And I'll be watching him closely this season. I may even pick him up in fantasy if he's available. I expect the NFC West, the division the Rams are in, to be one of the most competitive divisions this season. The Seahawks might actually come close to a last place standing in the division against the Cardinals. I don't like to bet on my man Russell Wilson because I think he is great and phenomenal, but it's tough. The Arizona Cardinals have a grown-up Kyler Murray, J.J. Watt acquisition, and a dope-drafted receiver Rondell Moore from Purdue. The 49ers, on the other hand, have great new picks and healthy players this season. And the Rams have the elite quarterback Matt Stafford, who has a strong arm and a veteran experience, and he can't forget the elite defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in the mix. Let's uh, transition over to the NBA for a bit, and let's talk about my finals for the NBA um, series. So the NBA finals will be is currently the Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Seeing these teams was a very refreshing take. These are new teams that probably nobody was really um, expecting. They were expecting either like Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets or LeBron James and the LA Lakers. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, have been to the playoffs four, year, four years in a row and finally made it. The team is led by two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. I, I still I still need to get used to pronouncing his name. The Phoenix Suns have been in the playoffs since 2011 and the finals since 1993. I wasn't even born yet. Uh, this team is led by 16-year veteran Chris Paul, which is his first finals appearance. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So let me just kind of give a brief analysis of what I've seen from both teams, like things that are good and things that are bad. Let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Devin Booker can be streaky. Uh, in game one, he was eight for 21 when he was shooting. But when he when he gets hot, he is hot when he's shooting. They say he's he could be the next Kobe Bryant, which I can see. DeAndre Ayton is a force is a force to the rim and can rack up some good rebounds. He got 19 rebounds in game one. CP3, Chris Paul, is playing like it's his last game of his career. He can facil facilitate the ball and control the tempo really well like a true point guard that he is. Head coach Monty Williams is a very experienced coach, and I think he is b definitely a better coach than Bucks um, coach um, Budenholzer. Suns defense... 
can guard the backcourt pretty well along with the wing. And it helps that DeAndre Ayton is very versatile on defense. So let's transition over to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a very consistent player who's readily available at the rim for how big he is. Chris Middleton has been the biggest surprise to me. He's playing his best ball. During the playoffs, he is so far 24-8-5. and five. That's pretty great, in my opinion. I did not expect that from him. Drew Holiday reminds me of Rajon Rondo, scrappy, tough point guard who can pass the rock pretty well and has a pretty defensive game. The Greek Freak, we all know the Greek Freak. He is not a force you want to reckon with. He is pretty much unstoppable when he goes to the rim. His athleticism um, helped him get that LeBron-esque block in game one, which is really dope. However, his skill set is a little limited at times. He's not the best shooter, and his free throws, as we've seen in the memes, is not very good either. Sometimes he, he gets the, the clock violation for just stalling too long with the ball. What really lost Milwaukee in um, game one, I would say, is the terrible um, free throws and the lack of adjustment. They have to wake up. They want to stay alive in the series. But this is normal for the Bucks during this playoff run. Just look at the playoff series against the Brooklyn Nets, which they won. Giannis needs to keep doing his thing and just avoid shooting the three. And as I mentioned, the Bucks need to make adjustments, especially on defensive assignments. They need to come up with an idea where they can um, cover Devin Booker and CP3. However, find a solution to contain DeAndre Ayton at the rim all at the same time. So it will be tricky. And they just kind of looked a little lost in game one. But I don't think they'll look like that the entire series. The Suns offense looking pretty well distributed. In game one, six players had 10-plus points, and three of those players had 20-plus. They were the most aggressive team, but I don't think their defensive town is better than Milwaukee's. Um, to kind of briefly explain, Milwaukee has the, the size, but the strategy just isn't quite there yet in this series. I wouldn't be surprised by game three, the Bucks have a blowout win. However, I'm going to stick with the Phoenix Suns winning it all. I've been saying since the bubble when they went undefeated but they didn't make the playoffs due to records with other teams they're they're gonna be someone to watch out for and they've been proven it all season and i even mentioned that the winner of the suns and lakers game will most likely be the winner of the finals and it's still looking like that to me so i'm rooting for the suns but i'm also rooting for the bucks to have a great series out there so let's talk about something i don't really mention very much and that is um european soccer and some of the guys at my work, they've been watching EuroLeague soccer for the past month. It's ridiculous. And this, and this month and last month has been the Euro 2020 Cup, which got postponed to this year. It's an international soccer championship within European countries. I personally do not follow it closely, but I did find out that England beat Denmark on Wednesday to advance to the championship game. Harry Kane's rebound goal late in the game essentially sealed the deal, and everyone went crazy um, if, you're an, if you're an England fan. After the win, the England fans in Wembley Stadium sang Sweet Caroline. By the way, I hate that song so much. You ever, here's, a, here's why I hate it. You never want to listen to it when you're sober. <laughs> Have you ever sung it without a drink in your, in your stomach? I didn't think so. But I understand the excitement. Because uh, I do recall when I was at Iowa State, we rushed the field 
after a big time win and we sung that song so that was a little exciting so I'll, I'll let that slide so on Sunday England is scheduled to play Italy for the title I have I, I have no idea who's gonna win but seeing this win kind of got my attention and it makes you want to root for England since they're kind of the uh, underdogs in my opinion if they do win <laughs> I assume Raj who was a previous guest on my show will probably ask me to cover his work on Monday. So let's see how that goes. Uh, let's jump into student athletes. So recently, student athletes um, are now eligible to get paid. The NCAA has announced that NCAA college athletes will have the opportunity to benefit from their name, image, and likeness Government's bodies in all three divisions today adopted a uniform interim policy spending NCAA name, image, and likeness rules for all upcoming and current student-athletes in all sports. <clears throat> this is an important day for college athletes since they are now able to take advantage of name, image, and likeness opportunities, NCAA President Mark Emmert said. And a recent example is um, Oregon defensive impact star, Pac-12 star, Kayvon Tribodeau um, collaborated with Nike owner Phil Knight and designer Tinker Hatfield with the Kayvon Tribodeau art piece. This piece is now available online for purchase. The collaboration makes sense um, since Nike and the University of Oregon have very close business ties, probably the closest ties in sports history, and Tribodeau is projected to be the number one over overall pick in the upcoming draft. Do I have a problem with athletes making money? No. Not really. Athletes are awarded free education, but not all athletes. This is an opportunity for them to build their brand and develop business skills for the future. People may have concerns that they will not be fully focused on the field. Yes, that may be the case for some, but not all. The, the best of the best are still going to want to compete at the end of the day. Meaning they're athletes, they're competitors, and they want to progress to get to that next level, which an example would be the NBA or the NFL or the MLB. The NCAA for years has been exploiting these kids to make money for, for, their, for their universities, the association, and more. The, this is the least that they can do for them. Using their likeness will only help generate more awareness of the sport and help these athletes' families leave poverty while they're playing in college, which I think is a good thing. Um, and that's a good thing to me because some of these athletes, they don't make it to the major leagues and they don't really develop the skills, the outs like the outside world skills to kind of succeed because they're too busy playing football or basketball. This change will definitely affect the scholarship system within the NCAA and I'm sure there'll be some rules that apply. So I'm going to take a quick break. And after this break, we will jump right into Aaron Rodgers and his golfing experience. So let's uh, stick around and see what's up. And we're back. I just uh, got a quick glass of water, and it was pretty refreshing. Also, uh, just an FYI, this is Thursday, so you know I'm talking about game one of Milwaukee versus Phoenix. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Um, so I turn on the TV to see if it's on, and it's not on yet. So instead, I'm watching The Waterboy. Waterboy is probably one of my favorite like sports movies of all time. I have no idea why. It's just so funny. It's pretty offensive too, but that's that's a story for another time. So let's um talk about uh, some some news with Aaron Rodgers. 
So Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers defeated Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady in the match on Tuesday. The four played in a charity event at Picture Picture Skew, Picture K. I'm not sure. Picture Skew, the reserve golf course at Moonlight uh, Basin in Big Sky, Montana. The donations and contributions will provide six million meals for Feeding America and two point six million dollars to My Brother's Keeper. So that's cool. During the match, Rodgers was interviewed while in the caddy about his future with Green Bay. He simply responded with a, I don't know, we'll see, with a smug smile, as usual. They asked him again, and he sidestepped the question again by saying, I'm just having a good time out here with Tom. I'm trying to talk him about if he's going to keep playing or not, and then laughed it off. Tom Brady was even asking Aaron Rodgers privately about the situation. To Packers fans, this is nothing concerning, if you want him back, of course. Rodgers once said, kill them with indifference. He knows the media is going to take his response and spin it in the most extravagant way possible. That's why he's always been that vague guy. I think how playful and calm he was about the questions gave me a sense of certainty that he will stay. I mean, this is a big moment in his career, this whole story. I would feel stressed out if I were being traded away from my team that I've been at for 16 years or having to force myself into retirement. The calm demeanor may be a certainty in his future with Green Bay, but that may be me being too optimistic. He could already have made his mind up on leaving or or sitting and is just more at peace now knowing that his decision is final. It's also kind of dumb to expect uh, a very detailed and serious answer like that when he's locked and loaded playing golf in this uh, big match. It's noted how well he is in shape, and Brady was saying how dialed in and focused he looked. One thing I wanted to point out, uh, Mickelson told Brady, fourth and three, down eight points, and the two needed to go for it instead of kicking the field goal. Pretty much making fun of Rodgers on that that controversial decision in the NFC Championship game against Brady. He responded by draining his birdie putt to win the match. You can tell he was just dialed in. He didn't care. So... We'll see what happens. I don't know. We will see, as Rodgers would say. So let's move on to track. You know, I like to talk about track, and this is a pretty big story because this kind of generated some headlines. Um, before I do that, I got to text my girlfriend real quick to let her know the door's open. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you hear the birds chirping, it's because my door's open um, so she can come in. Um, so video listeners, just don't don't worry. Um, oh, there she is. You can come in. Yeah, see, she made it. You're on you're on air right now. Hello. Why don't you wave to the camera? You can, yep. Thank you. Uh. Yep. As you can see, my lovely girlfriend is here to stay the night. If I'm lucky, she might even give me a kiss. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Shakari Richardson. So, Olympic favorite in the 100-meter dash, Shakari Richardson is serving a sports suspension and has lost her spot in the Olympic 100-meter and the 4x100 relay after testing positive for marijuana. Weed is an illegal substance to the World Anti-Doping Agency, an agency initiated by the Olympics Committee. And an interviewer told her 
was the first one to tell her that her biological mother passed away. She was hurt, and for her to cope with the pain, she smoked marijuana the week of the trials. After testing positive, she went on the Today Show to tell her story, take accountability for her actions, and remind the world that she's human. She's only a little bit faster. Recreational marijuana is legal in 19 U.S. states, including the state that she competed and smoked at. Do I think the rule is unnecessary and that she should run? Yes and no. Weed is not a performance-enhancing drug, and the only thing it can help with is simply re relaxing you. That's if you take it hours or minutes before running your race. The substance should be removed from the list, in my opinion. However, the reason why I say no to running in the Olympics is because the WAPA is an international agency. These rules apply to athletes outside of the U.S. In some countries, you can be locked up for just a first-time offense with marijuana. In countries like Singapore and the Philippines, you can receive the death penalty for farming weed. It would not be fair to these international athletes who have to avoid all these strict rules, not for their eligibility to run, but their, pri but their privilege to live freely. I mean, I love Shakari Richardson. She is showtime. She brings magic to the sport of track. She has the personality, the story, the flair, and the determination to prove that she is the best in the world. I do not shame her for what happened with for what she did. Losing a loved one can crush and cause you to do things you normally wouldn't do. I think the stuffs the substance should be removed from the list, but that would first need to be resolved within international affairs, which I believe will take a long time. Um, it might it might never even happen, to be honest. I don't use this innocent in incident to define Richardson. She's 21 years old and has a future in the track world. I have uh, read that Tokyo may be going into a new state of emergency after seeing a two-month high in COVID-19 cases. Today, they announced that there will be no fans, so we may, we may even escalate into potentially postponing the Olympics again. But I will kind of trace back and give you guys an update on more info as the Olympics get closer. Let's jump back into football, and this is actually about a football movie. L.A. Rams and Arizona Cardinals former quarterback Kurt Warner will be having a full feature-length film of his rise to becoming an unlikely hero as a two-time MVP and Super Bowl winner. The first trailer came out this week, and it showcases his time at the University of Northern Iowa being undrafted by the Packers and, of course, being booted to winning his Super Bowl with the Rams and more so after that. I think the story is um, very inspiring. He was a low-recruited player from Iowa, and he had to play arena football and work at a Hy-Vee grocery store until he had a chance with the Rams. Where at, at the Rams, he had one of the best careers in football. He was the first quarterback to throw 400-plus yards in the Super Bowl and the first to throw 40 TDs and win one. Did anyone really ask for this movie? No, not at all, but it's still an inspiring story. So this kind of inspired me to come up with a short list, a list of top three football players who deserve a movie post-retirement. Some of these people are already retired, but let's go down the list. Uh, number three would be Shannon Sharp. Sharp was a seventh-round pick from a small-town college, Savannah State, and went on to winning multiple Super Bowls, enter the Hall of Fame, 
and evolved into one of the most polarizing sports personalities. He's a very likable guy. My number two pick would be Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a former quarterback, a first overall pick. Uh, a movie I think would resonate well is his recovery process from his near-death injury he had um, when he was playing quarterback for the, I believe it was the Washington football team. The movie would simply detail how he decided to go back into football and what motivated him to come back after such a scary incident. And then number one, I think is a pretty obvious choice, Tom Brady. Tom worked very hard just to get a starting role and he played college ball in Michigan and he led them to a bull win and in very dramatic fashion. He was a six-round pick in the NFL draft who ended up winning more Super Bowls than all the other quarterbacks in that draft combined. The, the movie can simply touch on him being less talented than his counterparts and the, controversial, and the controversial incidents of cheating with his former team, the New England Patriots. This whole career is so much drama and it would be a perfect movie. I would say this movie would probably happen maybe at least 10 years after he retires because he's kind of still the talk of the town and and this movie would probably be a good way to kind of build his brand and hopefully inspire people. Wow. Um, that's all I have for today. Uh, pretty good pretty good first episode back. A uh, little shaking the first half, but, you know, you got to start slow sometimes. Just ask the Milwaukee Bucks. But last half uh, definitely came out stronger. I mean, it must have been Jesse giving my groove back since I'm more at ease when she's around. Uh, just kind of the closing remarks. Uh, I will be kind of back my normal schedule every two weeks. I'll post something. I have a big trip coming up um, next week. I'll be going to my favorite state of Wisconsin. So that'd be exciting. Go ATV riding. Um, so I haven't done it before. So hopefully I don't crash or break anything. Speaking of breaking something, I went to the doctor the other day and because I had this leg pain from this running injury and I might have to... I might have something serious going on. So they think I might have torn my quad. And the doctor's actually quite surprised how natural it was about it. He expected me to be more pain. But I ain't going to assume anything just yet. I'm going to get an MRI scan after my trip. And hopefully it's nothing serious. Or if it is a torn quad, the recovery process won't be painful. Uh, thanks again, guys, um, for sticking around for the entire show. I have a lot planned um, coming up this new season. I'll have some new guest appearances, some reoccurring guest appearances. I might even do a couple sports skits from episodes. Um, as always, make sure you like, subscribe, and share this video with a friend. I will see you guys in the next episode. Uh, thanks, thanks again for watching. I'm glad to be back. And let's um, keep making, making more content. So I'll see you guys in the next video. Sometimes the best thing you can do is not a day